Okay, guys, so I'm going to get straight into it. UFC Vegas 29. So, to be honest, it's only going to be about two or three fights. Well, three fights to be specific that really um, uh, captured my interest uh, for this event. So, starting off with the main card, um, the main event, the main event, Rob Font versus Cody Cabrant. Um, and I actually, going to be honest with you, uh, I'm embarrassed to say this, I've never seen Cody Cabrant actually fight. You know? uh, we're looking on his past fights. Uh, well, no, starting off with Rob Font, uh, his uh, past fight UFC on Fox 31. Uh, his stand-up looked good, uh, had a good ground game. Um, he's fighting, uh, <laughs> I should also point out, he's fighting Sergio Patisse or Sergio Pettis. I'm not sure how they pronounce it, Sergio Patisse is how I'm going to pronounce it. If I'm wrong, please correct me in the description, the co- in the comment section below if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, in that fight, um, Rob Font had good ground game and uh, he could have kept... Um, he could have kept um, Pettis on the ground for longer, if not, if not for the fact that Pettis was using his legs to keep um, Font away. Um, now, looking at Rob Font, how he fights, he likes to put pressure on his opponent, and just from what I could see, in my own opinion, he looks like a sort of fighter that closes in on his um, opponent with um, strikes, counter, almost like strikes and heavy shots, sometimes counter strikes, and his stats: uh, five foot eight inches tall, seven and a half. 71 and a half inch reach in terms of his striking 135 pounds his record 18 wins and only four losses that's pretty good and he's ranked at number three in the bantamweight ranking now his opponent cody garbrand i have to say on cody's side cody has a loss of speed and agility you know he is always on the move from what i could see in his last fight with rafael asan kaya ufc 250 um Cody seems to be the sort of agile, and his stand-up seems sharp and agile, always moving, always pacing, never staying one place at all, no matter what. Uh, he's fast, you know. He's always moving, and you know, someone who's who's always moving like that. It's my assumption that you're going to be, you know, a moving target, moving objects. So that is your target. That's the oppo- That's your opponent's target. You yourself as a fighter, um, you are going to be difficult to hit because you're always, you know, <laughs> always moving. Um, now he won. Now Cody won this fight by um, KO right before the uh, right before the second what uh, right before the bells of sound of, to sound the end of the second round, and it was just uh, it was quite, it was just wild. Um, just he um, uh, Cody was cornered in the, cornered in the one corner of the octagon by um, his opponent Rafael, and I think um, after defending himself, just defending himself, his, himself as best he could. Um, I should play that back actually, but no, I can't do that in the middle of this podcast. Um, while he was doing so, he just, without warning, his um, was just left or right hand. Um, uh, but he just delivered a, a delivered a knockout just right before the end of the uh, just the end of the um, the second round. It was just crazy, and his opponent just went down. And I like to use the phrase as stiff as a board. And I was just it was mad. As twelve wins, he has twelve wins, three losses. He's number four in the mat in the bantamweight division, uh, five foot eight inches tall, and has a reach of sixty-five and a half um, inch uh, feet. I'm assuming so. His uh, reach and his opponent's reach actually there is some significant difference between the two guys. Uh, but for me, I'm gonna say that um, Garbrandt probably has the upper hand here when it comes to stand up. When it comes to the ground, uh, when it comes to the ground game, to the wrestling, to the grappling, uh, to the clinches, to the guillotines, um, 
probably his opponent Rob Font has that has that advantage. But you know, again, in these uh, so in these sort of things, uh, when it comes to mixed martial arts, when it comes to sports, combat sports. In my my past experience, I'll say it's going to go this way, and then lo and behold, on, on the night of the on the night of the event, the complete opposite happens. So um, I'm not going to. Well, no, I have to make a decision here. <laughs> Excuse me. In my opinion, I think. Cody Garbrandt probably has this because, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, before you can take someone down, I think you've got to get past their stand-up. If their stand-up's really good, then they can actually um, stay off the ground. They can they can stop you from taking them down to the ground, I'm assuming. So, I mean, unless if maybe you can get you can get them into a takedown through a clinch. But I think in this case, because Cody Garbrandt is always moving, was always very agile, always bouncing, he's always bouncing and hopping from foot to foot. Um, I think he probably has the, the upper hand because, as, as I said before, a, move, a moving target, a target that's always moving, is going to be difficult to hit. So for me personally, I think personally, I think Cody Garbrandt probably has the upper hand. Even though, yeah, I do understand that their reach there's a quite a significant difference in reach. Um, uh, Front has a a reach that's probably six inches greater than that of Cody's. Cody's is at sixty-five and a half. Rob Fonts is at 71.5. So, for me personally, I think Cody has this, but let's wait and see what happens. You know, it's a sport that's moving fast all the time. So, moving on from that, just let me check the event. Yeah. So, moving on, we have the women's strawweight division uh, between Yan Shea. As a Chinese uh, athlete, um, Yan Shaonan uh, versus Carla Esparza. Esparza. Um, so these two fighters, um, Yan, um, her last fight, which was at UFC Vegas 13 against Claudia um, Gadella or Gadelha. Um, in that fight, her stand up is good. Um, she does see she seems to do plenty of counter striking. Um, her grand game is quite good too. Um, She's ta- she, she's talented enough to defend herself. Now her record stands at thirteen wins and just a single loss. So I think one loss. I, was, I think I also saw a no contest in there. Well. But I mean, overall, she's won more. She's won more fights than she's lost. So that speaks, you know, speaks for itself. And now on the other hand, her opponent, um, Carla Esparza, now her last fight, last fights at UFC Fight Island three uh, against Marina Rodriguez. Uh, now in that fight, she had a good ground game. She looked like she could control her opponent well on the ground, and still deliver strikes at the same time. And um, yeah, for this particular fight, it did look um, like um, it did look like a chunk of the fight. Most of the fight um, took place on the ground because of her. So um, I think this one probably is going to be close. Um, I think now, now I know what I've said about Cody Gabbron and the other guy, uh, Rob Font, but um, I think. Again, we're probably Carla Esparza and probably has this. Um, you know, I was thinking that this girl um, uh, back at the the other event, and I can't remember it now, probably before UFC um, 262 between, um, God, the Lithuanian girl, is it Rose um, against, I've forgotten her name, the other, another um, Chinese fighter. So I thought the Chinese fighter would actually win, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. Um, uh, <laughs> it didn't work out that way. So, I think this will be a close one. I think again, um, 
probably Carla has the advantage because her ground game probably is, is really, really good. In her last fight at UFC Fight Island 3 against Marina Rodriguez, she could keep her opponent on the ground and at the same time still control them there and still dish out some really heavy shots. So I think if I had to bet, if I had to bet, I'd probably go for Carla as far as I'd probably place my money on her. But again, yes again, let us let me wait and see what happens. Let's wait and see what happens. Moving on, the other fight that took my interest it was the, um, this is the heavyweight division for the men uh, between Justin Taffer and Jared um, Vandera. Um, Taffer, I think it's because of his win or was it his loss, but I saw him fight at one of the um, past um, performances at UFC Fight Nights um, for Holloway versus Qatar. Um, now, he lost that against Car- Carlos Felipe. <clears throat> now that was at UFC Fight Island Seven, where uh, Max Holloway did also compete as well. Um, now he did; he does appear to be to, he does appear to be a sort of calm and calculated striker, a fighter who awaits for the, for the right time to attack his opponent, to dish out strikes or to take them down. Um, yeah, he seems patient to attack. Now his his other. Um, his opponent, uh, looking at his own performance, and he fought um, Sergei Spivak at a UFC Fight Night uh, 185. Um, and I watched this, so I was actually thinking there's no footage of this on the UFC Fight Pass, so I, I dug deep and looked um, even harder. Um, so it was a very messy and bloody fight for um, Jared uh, Vandera. Um, a good in the clinches and the takedowns, he could def- defend himself well up until uh, the point that um, God, how should I describe this? Um, he d- he did take some really heavy shots from um, Sergey, um, but he didn't at th- at that point before he before the point where he lost, he didn't let Sergey um get to fully mount him, and uh, but in the second round, um, the takedowns for that Sergey was actually was actually dishing out. Like strikes, the takedowns that Sega was having and using on um, Jared seems to be too much, and I could see that, that at one point, just towards the end, Sega didn't manage to get on top of um, Jared and just dishing out really heavy shots, really really heavy blows, and you know, just it was just making a mess of Jared's face. There was blood everywhere on his face, on the canvas, on his gloves, you know. And um, I think the the that um, fight had to be stopped. The referee had to just call a stoppage to the fight. Um, so okay, that didn't look so good, but. For these two guys, I think um, hmm, it's going to be a close one. Um, I look at the last fights because you, they usually say you're only as good as your last fight, your last match. Um, though that isn't always the case. You know, the, fight, the next fight can go the other way, or can, or can go you know, being your favor, or it can go, go in the favor of the other person. So, if I had to place money on this, if I was a betting person, which I believe, if I'm gonna. If I'm gonna really be invested in, in mixed martial arts, maybe one, maybe one day I will play someone in a fight. Hopefully, it won't, be, won't become a habit. But if I had to, if I had to um, make a decision who would win this fight, so it's gonna be a close one. But I think maybe. Um, I can think, think, think. Maybe Justin Taffer. I think if 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 I had to, because he seems someone who's calm and collected properly, 
is a lot smarter about how they go about winning the fight or how they go about fighting in the octagon in the cage there. Um, but again, the the sport's so crazy, moves so fast, you know, it can go the other way. But if I had to, um, if I had to uh, place some more money on this fight, I'd say I'll go with Justin Tuffer to win this fight. But let's see what happens. So, after his win at UFC 262 against Michael Chandler, who, um, there's a lot of speculation, and I'm probably late for say, mentioning this in my podcast, but um, hey, I'm going to say it anyway, because it's a fight that I um, was keen on, uh, that I watched, and I was actually keen and uh, rooting for Michael Chandler to win, but um, so respect to Charles Oliveira, he was the best advisor, he was the best advisor that evening, and he won congratulations to him. Um, so who should he fight next? And it's quite funny actually because uh, the potential opponents um, that's coming up to um, compete with him again, uh, the three of them, um, just Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor, and Dustin Poirier. And it's quite funny because after Dustin Poirier's win against um, Conor McGregor, the source, you know, the things that happened to Dustin Poirier, good things of course, you know, lots of sponsorships, uh, got paid a lot of money. Uh, his ranking was boosted in the UFC um, UFC rankings for the lightweight division after that fight. Um, you know, um, I think Charles Oliveira did actually reach out to Dustin Poirier and actually, um, I think, requested him to request to fight him. But Dustin Poirier t- actually ignored him. I think he actually sent him a message on is it Twitter or Instagram? But he, I think he reached out some way and. Um, what happened is that Dustin Poirier actually ignored him, actually um, favoured a fight with Conor McGregor instead. And people were saying that, uh, well, that's a smart move. Um, okay, it's not for the title or such, but it's a business decision. It's a money fight because of the opponent you're fighting is someone who's going to draw in so many pay-per-views for the event from all over the world. So you're going to make a lot of money, a lot of money. And because of how he beat Conor McGregor in the first fight, UFC 257, back in January... Um, you know, it's uh, people are going to be <laughs> people are going are going to be paying a lot of attention to the next fight that happens between these two guys to see who actually win. Many people are saying after that fight back at UFC 257 that maybe it's time for Conor McGregor to retire. Uh, maybe it's time for, for him to retire. Uh, he shouldn't have been focusing on trying to just portray um, his boxing skills inside the octagon. There, he should have just stuck to um, stuck to the method that he's always been using to win before in the past. It's always worked for him. Um, he shouldn't have changed anything this time around. And unfortunately, look look what happened. He lost. But, um, you know, I can understand the reason why um, Dustin Poirier did what he did. But going back to my initial point, what I'm saying is that the irony of what's happened, um, Charles Oliveira wants to fight Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier said no. So now Charles Oliveira is now the lightweight champion of the in the UFC and of the world. It's the UFC. So... In terms of mixed martial arts, the UFC is, is up there at the at, you know at the at the top of the food chain of of the uh, best uh, fighting organization throughout the whole world. Excuse me. So before Dustin Poirier said no and refused to fight him, favored a fight with um, Conor McGregor over a fight with Charles Oliveira, and lo and behold, now um, Charles Oliveira can I say is kind of now calling the shots. And I've seen some things like this happen before. You want someone to give you something, and um, they, um, yeah. Let let me say, you want someone to give you. Yeah, you want you ask them for something, and they say, no, I'm not going to give it to you. 
they give it to somebody else instead. And um, <laughs> okay, time time goes on. You do your thing. They're doing their thing, and then suddenly again, you cross paths again. And um, in this, so what I'm saying is that it's strange how the tables have turned. Now Charles Oliveira is calling the shots, and uh, kind of calling the shots. Let me put it that way, because whoever wins this fight will fight. I'm um, um, Charles Oliveira for the um, for the lightweight division title. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'd like out of the three of those guys. Um, I, I personally am hoping that Conor McGregor wins against Justin Poirier. Nothing personal, but I think a fight between McGregor and Charles Oliveira will will be will be crazy. Of course, the pay per view bars will be through the roof because it's Conor McGregor, and you've also he's competing with a um a like he's competing with the champion of the lightweight division of the UFC. So. A lot of pay per views are going to be we're going to be rolling in. You know, a lot of money is going to be made that day. Even if Charles Oliveira loses the fight, um, I think I can safely say because I'm still, I still I'm very careful what I say when I'm making this podcast on this sport. I think I can still I think I can safely say that um, even if Charles Oliveira loses to Conor McGregor because of the pay per views, because it's Conor McGregor who's in, who's in, who's is involved, who's involved in this fight. It's going to generate so much money, and even if he loses, he's going to still take home a really big payout. Um, so yeah, f- um, out of those three people, I'm hoping that um, Conor McGregor wins. So um, it'll it'll be an interesting matchup. If not Conor McGregor, then um, Justin Gaethje. Um, Justin Gaethje uh, is also a very entertaining fighter to um, to watch when he's in the octagon. So. The next point I'm going to make, um, and it's something that I'm going to be very careful how I words, um, how I words, um, my uh, my opinions about the whole matter, uh, the just the not just the Joshua Fabio and Diego Sanchez um, situation, and I'm still trying to um, get to invite. I'm still trying to invite um, Joshua Fabio onto the podcast to actually have a conversation with him about the whole. Um, about the whole matter um but what's happened recently is that um Diego Sanchez has um actually cut ties this is reported reportedly what's being said on the internet on the social media on YouTube uh, Instagram Twitter and all the major social um media platforms so what's happened many people are saying that perhaps Diego Sanchez has actually woken up and seen that maybe um Joshua Fabio isn't the right person for, isn't the right right person having to have in his life at this point in time uh maybe Joshua Fabio has cut ties with him you know uh one thing I do know is that when it comes to things like this there's always two sides of the story and um a lot of the stuff that's been reported on YouTube on on virtually even on the mainstream media as well as social media it's always done by someone by a human by a human being and a human being that particular person has their own opinion so they're going to report the news they're going to report the story in a way that they that suits them or suits their own agenda that actually agrees and portrays their opinion in a certain way that they want that they want people to perceive it in that manner so again um you know, um, there's all sorts of things I picked up from different videos I saw on, on YouTube and different sources I saw on Instagram and on Twitter and other uh, media platforms as well. But again, um, personally, I would like to hear um, Joshua Fabio's side of the story because 
because people know who Diego Sanchez is and they respect him for what he's achieved in the sports of mixed martial arts, particularly in the UFC. They're probably much more inclined, or the YouTubers, or the mixed martial arts and combat sports and sporting podcasters and uh, YouTubers and whoever they are that make media content related to the sport. They're probably going to side with Diego Sanchez because of his name and because they know who he is. But Joshua Fabia still, overall, uh, many people don't know too much about him. They only know about himself, his school of self-awareness that he has in uh, in the Albuquerque area of New Mexico in the US. And, you know, I'll say it like, like it is. Many do blame him for... Um, Diego Sanchez is cutting ties with the UFC or Diego Sanchez um, being released by the from the UFC and uh, many people do blame him for that but again me personally I like to hear both sides of the story and I haven't seen any other YouTube channel or podcaster makes my combat sports and pod- podcaster or any other media platform social or mainstream actually speaking to uh, Joshua Fabi at least once to one where it's just him as the guest and them as the host i've never seen that anyway so i would like to speak to game on the podcast to um, speak with him and to get his side of the story and to get his version of event of events i can appreciate that even as a, as you know as a small youtube channel as a really tiny podcast and really tiny mixed martial arts podcast that anybody watching this or anybody even looking at my instagram content probably will dislike me for for having that opinion for trying to get that to happen but i that that's just who i am um, when I see something happening, I like to, get, to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, I've been in that situation on the receiving end where by people haven't seen the whole picture or heard the whole story, but they just take, they just see things black and white. You know, they they don't like to get two sides of the both sides of the both sides of the story before they can actually come to a conclusion as to what's actually happened and to come to con- to a conclusion as to what sort of person somebody is, and that's what I want. So, guessing him on on my show, I think, would be would be refreshing for me and would also be an eye-opener as well to the whole situation. So, guys, um, yeah, um, I just want to put that out there. Um, excuse me. Uh, what else was I going to say? No, I think I've covered everything I need to cover in this podcast. In fact, it's a bit of a late podcast because the event that I've just covered, uh, UFC Vegas 29, is going to be happening in the next few hours. It's about 20 past 7 here in the UK, GMT time. Um, so I'm going to try and get this um, uploaded later on, later on this evening, later by the end of, of today being Friday. Um, so yeah, and just put it out there. Uh, so I'm going to wrap that up. Uh, guys, you can listen to my podcast on Spotify, on Apple, on Google Podcasts, and also certain other um, minor media, media, not media, minor audio platforms audio streaming platforms you can also see my podcast there also um i think on apple the icon the logo for my podcast doesn't change from the um, old logo to the new logo so i'm going to look into that uh, you can catch me on instagram my name's ikojako1 on twitter and facebook my name's ikojako and yes i think i've covered everything guys if you did enjoy this podcast this video if you're watching on youtube don't forget to please leave a like And don't forget to subscribe. It really helps my channel when you do that. Thanks again.